0: On this episode of the Naturist Living show, a miscellany of topics.
1: This episode of the Naturist Living show is brought to you by Bear Oaks Family Naturist Park. At Bear Oaks, we offer traditional naturist values in a modern setting. Free your body, free your mind. www.bearoaks.ca
0: Yes, a miscellany of topics, we, uh, as in miscellaneous, uh, a real variety show today. I couldn't find a unifying theme. I had a whole bunch of things I wanted to share with you. So that's the topic. No topic or a variety of topics. Um, so this is episode 42. My name is Stefan Deschaines, and I'm your host for this episode of The Naturist Living Show. I'm also the owner of Bear Oaks Family Naturist Park. And the first thing I want to bring you up to date on is the March record. Uh, in March, I was telling you we we're going to set another record for listeners, and and we did. But because it wasn't the end of the show, uh, I knew we had exceeded the previous December record, but I didn't know the final number. So that final number was seventy-seven thousand seven hundred and twenty-six downloads of the show in March of two thousand and twelve. So that's that's just a and that's uh, that's an incredible number. I don't know what to say, and uh, I really appreciate everybody who listens. And this is far beyond any level of listenership that I ever expected. We have a number of events every summer. I mean, we have dozens, it might even be hundreds of events every summer at Bear Oaks. Um, But there are three main ones that we uh, organize. Um, Well, so there were three main ones. The uh, Federation of Canadian Naturists uh, Naturist Festival is in Quebec this year, so that was the third major event. Uh, but we did replace it this year with another one, uh, Family Weekend. Uh, Family Weekend will be July 20th and 20- through 22nd, um, and it's for families. It's for a lot of kid activities, lots of kid events. Um, Nikki is coordinating all that, and she has... Uh, a background, because she used to work in a daycare with uh, working with children, and she has lots of exciting ideas for activities and contests and games and, and all kinds of fun things to do for the whole weekend. So we hope this is going to be an annual event, and we hope that uh, this will bring all the families and kids that are now members of Bear Oaks together for at least one weekend, uh, so everybody can have fun together. The other. Uh, two events are volleyball tournaments we have the 6th annual Greater Toronto Nature's Volleyball Tournament that was the first volleyball tournament we brought into uh, the park when I took over in uh, December of 2006 and it's quite a good show it's uh, a lot of fun people seem to really enjoy themselves there's a uh, Games uh, for all levels of play. There's uh, a all there's a way to get involved. You can bring your own team. You can join a team. There's a way to be part of the tournament, no matter what. So uh, the sixth annual GTA Greater Toronto Naturist Volleyball Tournaments, June 29th through July 1st. It's always the July 1st long weekend, which, if you're not Canadian, uh, uh, that's Canada Day. Close to July 4th if you're American, but not quite. But the two holidays often end up. Uh, being merged together in terms of vacations and traveling. The other volleyball tournament is the Lee Baxendal Memorial Volleyball Tournament, and that's August 17th through 19th. And this is the second time we hold it. Um, Last year, we we decided to hold another volleyball tournament with uh, one of the nature's clubs in the Toronto area closing that had a major tournament. That meant uh, that people who like volleyball had uh, lost one major tournament. And then another tournament in southwestern Ontario um, stopped. The owners uh, decided they didn't want to keep uh, hosting volleyball tournaments, so they stopped the event. So, that meant that we lost two major tournaments, and so it was suggested that we could have a second one to uh, satisfy the desires of all the volleyball players out there. So we did it. It was a lot of fun. It worked quite well. Um, When we wanted to name it, we thought about different uh, options, and it seemed logical to name it after someone, and uh, it wasn't that long ago that Lee Baxendal, uh, the founder of the Nature Society, uh, passed away, and so it seemed fitting to name it in memory of Lee. And so we hope that this is the beginning of another long tradition of yearly volleyball tournaments, and that uh, Lee Baxendal Cup will be won by many, many people over the next several decades. I've had several requests for a uh, Francophone French-language podcast. Um, as most people can tell by my name or maybe by my accent, Um French is my first language, and I can speak French quite well. Although, to be perfectly honest, I'm more comfortable uh, in English because I've spent most of my life in an anglophone world. So I lack practice a little bit in French. But I'm obviously very comfortable in French, and I can speak it uh, quite comfortably. So I finally decided to create one. So I did create the podcast, and it's called uh, La Vie Naturiste, The Naturist Life. And it's a uh, on blogger. so uh, V V-I-E dash naturiste, N-A-T-U-R-I-S-T-E dot ca is the URL. Now, I've done the first episode. Um, I don't plan on doing uh, more episodes because it's it's just too much work. Uh, Doing this podcast in English once a month is already a lot of work, uh, a bit more than I expected. Uh, Plus, of course, you know, my job, my family. Um, the park, which is not my primary job still, a whole bunch of other volunteer things I do. I I couldn't keep up with that. But I did want to get it started. So the good news is the whole infrastructure has been created. The first episode's been uh, produced and published. It's out there. Now we're just looking for a francophone to take over. Um, and they, they just need to uh, have a, a minimal knowledge of computers and recordings, and they can do the editing themselves and just upload it. To the podcast that I've created. So um, if you want to listen to it, there will be a link to it in the show notes, as with everything that I mentioned in the show. I always tell you that I love getting all the comments I get, and I I really do appreciate it. Um, I'll apologize. I know I'm a little behind in replying to some people that have sent me notes. Um, I do reply to every comment that I get, so uh, I will be getting back to you. I did get a uh, comment from uh, Jonathan and Genevieve uh, from Columbia, Missouri, and they said... uh, My wife and I happened upon your show while we were looking for something to listen to on a long drive to Montana. We decided to become naturists the very next week. We've been full-time naturists ever since for nearly two years now. You've really improved our lives. We were both naturists since forever, and we just didn't know there was a name for it. Just saying thank you, Jonathan and Genevieve, Columbia, Missouri. So, I certainly don't read all of the comments on the show anymore because there's too many of them. Um, but this was interesting because, uh, first of all, it's flattering. Uh, a young couple would uh, discover naturism as a result of this podcast and the work that uh, I've been doing here for over 30 years now. And uh, they're also a young couple. Uh, they say they're 27 and 30. So, uh, or at least when they were, they were when they first listened to the show, I guess. Um, I mean, that brings together a lot of things we've talked about in the past, and uh, so I thought it made sense to give them a call and hear a little bit more about their story. How did you first uh, start listening to the Nature's Living show?
2: Well, um, we were going to my brother's wedding, which is it was in Montana, which is a good 24-hour drive from here, um, and we were just, uh, you know, we had various podcasts. We were looking at the last minute uh, for various shows uh, online, and... Um, uh, and that we had very, you know, a couple of audio books. We had other things we were going to listen to on the way, uh, and we just happened upon the Naturist Living Show. It was in there, and I, I had uh, never been exposed to any of the ideas in the in the show, or really didn't know what a naturist was. I had a very conservative, uh, fundamentalist Christian upbringing, uh, and um, was very my the general feeling of naturist was, you know, that they were people who were kind of sexually deviant uh it was kind of and it was just it never had been specifically spoken but the in the few instances where my parents had mentioned it or something it would be kind of like you know there were the people who they had the na- naturist club or the nudist club or something and it was kind of you know
3: you don't want to be associated with them
2: yeah you wouldn't want to be associated with them they, they were you know dark and probably had some kind of satanic rituals or something they were doing <laughs> and um uh and just out of curiosity, we put put one of the shows on there, and I don't remember it would have been almost two years ago now, a year and a half at least, well, more than probably almost two years ago now. Almost two years ago. And um, uh, and we it was just a wonderful program. We started listening to it, and we just I, I uh uh you know we both really like just listening to um different people's opinions and getting different you know, and it um uh it was within about a week we started experimenting with naturism and it was quite a while we started doing home uh, like doing it at home um,
3: in and, the privacy of our
2: home yeah in the privacy of our home and then uh... we went to a club probably five or six months later uh... the forty acre club uh... it's very nice here here in missouri um... and um... Uh, we really and we just we just really enjoyed it we didn't it wasn't anything like we expected it was incredible uh... It, it's so fast the fears that we had disappeared and we just came to realize that it, it's just another state of a person being naked is not uh, you know there is really nothing to it there's no sexuality to it per se uh... there's no um...
3: Uh, well, i think the only fears i had about um... transitioning from being at home with jonathan hanging out in our natural state versus going to the forty acre club was you know, what are people gonna think of me? You know, what what's gonna happen? You know, I'm I'm nervous, I've never taken my clothes off in front of people and hung out and just naked before. What what's the deal with that? You know, I didn't really understand what was going on. And the people that were there, the regulars who um, live at the club full time and do groundwork and different things like that. They were very accepting. They were like, oh, hi, how are you? And it wasn't a big deal. And they just did, oh, hi, you know. Oh, so I see you have a Doctor Who license plate. Oh, we're fans of that show, you know. And they just had a conversation about it. And I was like, oh, that's cool. You know, i all the fears that I had associated with that just went away in that one moment.
0: And, and did you feel that you obviously enjoyed it? What did you enjoy about it?
3: I enjoyed that I could be naked with other people, and it wasn't a big deal. They weren't judging me. The, the, you know, they were naked, too. They were a you know, lot older than Jonathan and I were in our um, early 30s, and these people were retirees. You know, they, they don't care what I look like. You know.
0: <laughs> oh, so you're not old, wrinkly nudists, as the rumor goes, as the only people who are interested in nudism and <laughs> no, naturism. No,
3: definitely not. <laughs>
0: Now, did you feel? Did it feel odd that you were uh, in a minority as young people?
3: Yeah, that was kind of interesting. We didn't go at the peak time for um, people coming to the club, so everyone who was a member, uh, you know, were retirees, and there was not, um, you know, they don't have fast internet out there. They don't, you know, they don't even allow you to bring your um, cell phones because your cell phone has a camera. Even your, uh, you know. small tiny phone that flips out has a camera on it now it's not very good but it has a camera so you can't take that up there so it was, it was um interesting to be completely disconnected and have nothing to do and sit and talk with these people and that's what they do all day is they hang out and you know have fun and just relax and we're just like we have jobs we kind of have to do i feel like i should be doing something you know i'm not retired yet so i still have to work
2: we, we really enjoyed it we enjoyed, it, though. We enjoyed yeah. talking with the people though. they were really they, nice they were really nice everyone was wonderful like it, it, just it was fun we went and went swimming and, and um, it was very freeing to be able to experience that and um uh, just a completely liberated and also I, I would have to say the people there, there there's a certain kind of person who is uh, very open-minded and who is experienced he, you know is um Wonderful! Just the people who do that, you know, they they they're they're adventurous people, and no matter what age they are, those kind of people are always interesting, you know. That almost always will bridge a gap uh, in in a uh, in a sense because, it, you know, they're they're adventurous people, and that's fun, you know. Um, they're um, uh, you know they were very interesting, and they were you know interested in us. We were interested in them, and we talked about you know we talked about Doctor Who, which was was across generational thing uh and um you know and had a great time
3: and how we found naturism and um different things like that and how we uh found them we went looking online for different clubs and there was, i think it was in like september that we went there so it was kind of chilly out and the water was even colder jonathan went swimming i opted not to because i would be too cold but um they were the only one that was open year round everyone else uh, was only open seasonally, so that was kind of interesting
0: you've become naturists, and that was a long way as you said at the beginning from where you were um, Have you told other people
2: yeah um we we have uh, we have a lot of friends we've told it's um uh and we're uh it's kind of a thing where we're, you know it's just another state the way that we look at it, and so uh we're, we try to be very. Um, it's not really important, it, you know. If, if I wore um, robes or a kilt or something, uh, you know, I wouldn't uh, go and tell everybody per se. But if it comes up, sure, all, I think most of our friends and family know about it, and um, uh, and we're proud of it. I mean, we, you know, uh, in our everyday lives, we live as naturists. and um, uh, so what kind of reactions did you get when you tell people? I think that it, um, we've never had any negative reactions. We've never had any negative reactions from anybody. Um, uh, I think that people, uh, there's kind of a, uh, a a cognitive dissonance or something. People will, it's not exactly negative, but they don't really know how to react to it.
3: Why would you want to do that? That's so crazy. Yeah. (laughs) That sort of thing. Oh, that's really interesting. Did you know that, you know in ancient Greece people were naked all the time? No, I did not know that. No one ever says the second to us. They're always just like, why would you want to do that? That's so crazy.
0: Did you did you tell your parents as well? Yeah,
2: I well, she hasn't went hasn't really had the opportunity to do that, but I I have, and I think, and I've talked to a, a number of I have a lot of friends who are Christians and very conservative, and I don't think it's incompatible with that. We, we've talked about uh... well for example the apostle paul when he says you should run the race which is the christian term terminology uh... the race that he's talking about was ran in the nude uh... in uh... uh... the olympic olympic games were run naked and um... uh... and i think that that's in- very interesting a lot of people wouldn't really realize that um, uh... you know it, it was much more common uh, And obviously i think you've you've done uh, shows on this uh... In, mm-hmm. this, uh... but um so we just talk about it and I it really isn't an issue. I think the big thing is that in this, there's a huge culture of skinny dipping in this part of the, of our country. Uh, it's really common. I, I did it as a kid, I grew up doing it, and our family kind of kind of did it. Uh, you know, I don't my mom never participated. My dad sure did. And we'd just go down to the river, and there would be nobody within 30 miles or something uh, in the in the woods, you know. And we'd go s- swimming, and that was how we did it, and we didn't really think about it. And we didn't know that we were naturists or n- nudists or, or anything. Um, and um, and I have a lot of friends that do the exact same thing. In fact, every friend I can think of has done that at least at some point. Usually it's uh, during their, their college years or their late uh, high school years, you know, when they're still... Uh, experimenting and still really excited and and doing those kinds of things um, but, you know it, it's a very common thing and um uh, you know and it but it isn't nobody know nobody there's no advocacy for it. nobody knows that they're nat- naturist nobody knows that they're nudist no one uh, gets together for it um, and I think that's wonderful finding out that you know um, that, that there is this thing called naturism. Uh, and that people have actually thought about the ideas behind it. That's just, that's wonderful.
3: You know, you can go on a naked cruise. I didn't know you'd go on a naked cruise. That's kind of cool. Where do I set up for that, you know? And it's just, it's not advocated. And it's sort of sad because you kind of have to discover it.
0: I have a lot of friends outside the naturist world, of course, as most people do, because we don't live in a naturist world, so most people have a lot of textile friends. And so do I, and uh, I uh, have a lot of interesting conversation, because of course, being that I'm very public and that I, I'm not just a naturist, but that I run a naturist park in Bear Oaks, um, that raises a lot of questions, and it's a good topic for discussion. And the other day, Um, I had uh, a discussion with uh, my good friend Christine, who I met initially through uh, the uh, local business association. And uh, it was interesting because, you know, some people are afraid to talk about it, but uh, she wasn't afraid to uh, sort of discuss why she felt the way she did. How would you feel if you saw me naked?
4: (laughs) Oh, I just think it would just change our friendship, that's all.
0: And, and and how would it change it?
4: I, I don't have an answer for that. I never have had an answer for that.
0: Could we still be friends, do you think?
4: If you had your clothes on, I'd be totally okay with it.
0: But once you'd see me naked, our friendship would be different?
4: Yeah. But I have no... No, we have had this discussion. I have absolutely no reason or no... No anything, no explanation for how come it would. I just, I don't have any explanation. I never have. And I never will.
0: But you think you'd feel different about me? Absolutely. Do you have any idea what those feelings would be?
4: Embarrassment.
0: For me or for you?
4: For me. (laughs) It's like the whole naked yoga thing. It's, there's no difference. It just makes me giggle. I've been, I was brought up in an extremely modest family, like beyond modest. Never, ever, ever saw my dad even in underwear, like that would just be like, oh. Um, I'm not like that myself around my own children, my husband, what have you. But I grew up in a very loving but strict family who are morals and beliefs and just very modest we were brought up extremely modest and as an adult now it's it's different for my brother and I I'm sure I can't speak for him 100 percent um yeah but we you know as children we pranced around naked and swam naked and I went topless forever but it's just different
0: So do you have any women friends that you've seen naked at the gym, in the change room, or at the pool?
4: I don't work out. (laughs) Um, Have I seen any of my women friends naked? Not that I know of.
0: So you haven't had to face that either?
4: No, absolutely not. And I'm okay with that.
0: So she's a good sport for having the discussion and not shying away from it because... It is an emotional reaction, and that's the difficulty. You know, I'm having a rational argument, and the uh, people on the other side, the textiles, are usually having an emotional one, but they're trying to rationalize it, and it's very difficult. But the the whole idea of seeing somebody nude changing the relationship is an interesting one. I mean, it's certainly if, you know, nudity is tied to sexuality— um, that makes sense, because if you are being sexually intimate with someone, you are changing your relationship with them. And so perhaps there's a uh, mix-up that happens in, in the in the mind and emotionally, uh, the assumption that if you see someone nude, it will have the same relationship-changing impact as if you slept with them. Obviously, that's not true, and as a naturist, we know that, but I can certainly see how from the outside it might seem that way. But I think there's more to it as well. I think there's a there's a power issue. Um, you know, nudity is certainly used as a tool for power, or it has been in the past, you know, whether it's the police strip searching you or, uh, you know, being stripped in prisons and being forced to being marched nude. Um, there's a power uh, situation going on there where the dressed people, at least in that situation, feel more powerful and in charge and that the nude people feel very vulnerable and weak and uh, subservient almost. I, I think that feeling still exists. Um, when you see someone nude, you assume the other person is embarrassed, which is why the person who sees them nude might themselves be embarrassed because they don't want to cause the embarrassment. They don't want to be humiliating them. Um, Clearly, that's not the situation with me, um, and it's not the situation in a naturist environment. But if you've never been in one, it's hard to imagine, because the only thing you can judge by is your own experiences, and having not had the experience, um, that's what you can imagine happening. Um, Many, many times I've heard people talk about how they certainly couldn't be nude with their coworker because they wouldn't be able to work with them again. Um, perhaps it's this feeling that if they saw you nude, there would be some sort of power they had over you, some sort of control, and there must be some sort of power ownership situation. I mean, you hear it from spouses: the only person who sees my wife or husband nude is me, because you know that's my prerogative and my privilege. Well, that sure sounds like ownership, doesn't it? And uh, you know, when a celebrity poses nude, there's there's a great demand for that. Like everybody wants to see them nude, so there's people are paid, the celebrities are paid um, uh, um, large sums in some cases to pose nudes for magazines. And then when they do, lots of people purchase the magazine so they can see them nude, as if somehow they get something that's important. And I think part of that feeling is some sort of ownership that they can have over that person. Um, It's kind of sad. It's a little weird when you really think about it logically, but I think there's something to it. Marc-Alain Descamps, um, who is a really brilliant uh, French social psychologist, uh, has a few PhDs, and he wrote a, a couple of books, including a thesis on naturism. And he talks about having three types of nudity. He talks about, and I'm translating, so the forgive, if the word, forgive me if the words are not exactly perfect, but he talks about the nudity as the undressed, and that's what we see in Theaters And that's nudity that's erotic and it's provocative and that's where you are stripping for others or uh, the nudity definitely has a sexual context to it. He also talked about uh, nudity that is stripped and that's where people are undressed by force and that's where nudity is used to humiliate. But we as naturists bring in a third type of nudity, a more normalized nudity, of course, um, he calls it gymnity, after uh, gymnos, which is the Greek word for nudity, hence, as we've talked about, gymnasium, um, which is a place where you exercise nude, at least according to the Greeks. And there, the nudity is, becomes more of a symbol. It becomes a tool uh, for that acceptance of self and others and getting closer to nature. It's a way to normalize ourselves and our bodies and who we are. And uh, I think there's, a, there's a, something really important in that concept. And we're going to be hearing more from Marc-Alain Descamps in a future episode of The Nature's Living Show. I received notice of a, a new book. It's called The Rape by Clothing uh, by Guido Negro. And uh, so he sent me, he was very kind, and he sent me a copy of his book because I never talk or recommend a book if I haven't read it because I've seen too many books that call themselves naturist books or uh, nudist books, and they're not. They're they're exploitive. Uh, The author doesn't understand naturism or nudism, uh, whatever. It doesn't present it right. So I was always cautious. Um, In this case, the book is actually not about naturism. It's a book about um, a, uh, well, it's set in the future, and the future is a little bit Orwellian, and uh, it's not a pretty place, and a lot of it has to do with this fear of nudity, and uh, the future that uh, Guido Negro imagines is based on some of the things he sees happening today, and that concern him a great deal. So I gave Guido a call, and we had a little chat about his book. Why don't we start by uh, you telling me how you came to write the book?
5: Uh, Okay, Uh, first, um, uh, thank you for having me there. And uh, yes, uh, starting with my book, my book started uh, when I realized that there are no stories about what I call non-sexual nudity. I, I am a nudist since the age of 13, and during my life I experienced so many beautiful sensation renewed with others when I was young and then uh, now I'm 50 plus <laughs> and and I'm still I'm still a, a nude it's actually I prefer to call myself a naturalist because what's happening is that I feel in tune with nature and uh, that is why I I take my clothes off because I want to feel in tune with nature Now, what has happened during my long life uh, began definitely very young when I started to see the difference that there was between myself uh, and the other teenagers at my school. Now, I when uh, I started to be a notice uh, when in the 70s when um, in Italy, and basically. To me, going to the nudist, Italian nudist speech then, now I'm living in Australia, but then was an Italian nudist speech, was a normal thing to do. I even have two friends that happen to be girls that I will meet there by now and then. So I realized that to me, nudity wasn't a big problem. But to the people of other people of the class uh, at my school, yes, it was. When I start to tell them that I was going by now and then, I visited Italian, I knew this beach, and I wasn't interacting with these two girls. That to me, they were friends, actually. I felt them like, like uh, sisters, more or less, that more than, than friends. They couldn't understand. I realized then that the situation is, and in fact, you probably were a little bit... Um, Many people have been scared of the title. The title of my book is Rape by Clothing. Why rape by clothing? Rape by clothing is because uh, imposing clothing all the time, to me, is a form of rape. Now, what has happened is the later in life, I realized that while I was not interested in, uh, in pornography, or misbehavior, or missexual behavior, was thanks to nudism, because the majority of the population, and I put it very clearly in my book, in the story, they uh, they link uh, nudity with sex only because they never have experienced nonsexual. Uh, non-sexual nudity or naturalism and that's why i a few years back i start to to think about that, that maybe i can bring all these information in a form of a story that uh, to the general population because the general population don't know what we are talking about
0: uh, i mean a lot of people have been uh... Obviously interested in naturism over the years, but not everyone or very few in fact uh, go and write a novel about it how did you, what made you decide to write a novel
5: I decided to write a novel because I believe that it was about time that we have our literature we should have long ago and and that is what decide to write a novel I write a novel where uh, a, a, Basically, I first, uh, in my novel, there is an alarm bell that sounds because what I'm worried about it is the rise of the creationism. In fact, in my novel, I'm touching different subjects. I'm not touching just the subject of non sexual nudity, but my novel starts with a world, a dark world, where creation is the one. Now, if you think of it, if creation is will one will take over the planet uh, or, or at least a country, what will happen is roughly what I described in the book.
0: so the, uh, it, the book, which is a, you know a fairly dark, oppressive world there in the future that, that you tell. Um, seems to be as you're talking very reflective of your own beliefs and in the book you're very critical of uh, the nudists and naturists and they're blamed for partially at least for what happened is that how you feel today
5: well the problem is that is amazing that you interview me from canada and i also have a very good friend that is supporting me her name is melissa uh, she is a fantastic person, and she lives in Los Angeles. She wrote, and I uh, probably that's why you know about me. I believe it. You read the article of Melissa De Janud, correct?
0: Yes, I think I think I did.
5: Yes. Now, what's happening is that um, that when I went to the local nudist, and I'm even a member of a local uh, local nudist club. I'm not going to mention which is it just in case because, but for example, I am today interviewed by you in Canada, and I speak regularly with Melissa via Skype, and actually I would like to make an announcement. Uh, Melissa is trying to help me to put up a new website that will be called nudeeducation.com. According to Melissa, Knew that, and of course, according to me, this is an idea, my idea, this could really revolutionize nudism as we know it, because a lot of people don't know what, what we are all about. But coming back to the local one, imagine that I send an email to the secretary of a local nudist club when Melissa wrote the article, and then I sent an email to the president of another nudist club. I didn't receive a single reply. At the same time, around the same time, I received your email from Canada. So the point is that I was much more uh, lucky to be today interviewed by you, and I didn't know about the book. They had just to say, Guido, come to my house, and give me a copy of the book, or let's discuss what you have in mind. And I didn't receive any reply, not yet, at least. And that is, I believe, is why uh, we, uh, at least in Perth, I cannot talk about uh, the Australian New Federation because I haven't contacted them. Maybe I I should have. But uh, I didn't receive any help when i was writing the book and even after that the book was published and even after that my friend melissa wrote about me on the bare time still they didn't reply to my email
0: so the uh, you were not just critical of uh nudists and nature in this story for letting this this change in the world happen you're you're very critical of the media does that is that how you feel about the media today?
5: Well, I don't know what the situation is in Canada, but definitely what's happened is that the media is definitely what I believe is that the media and power, they got together. So I believe that in a world where the creationists will win, what the media will do will challenge the, the powerful the media never challenge the powerful, so they will alienate themselves with whatever is in charge. And that's why I am very critical of the media. But at the same time, uh, for example, my, my uh, um, the reporter, the fictional reporter, eventually she changed her mind, but in a world like that, she is put off air because well, we, uh, the world that I'm describing is where, a world where the truth may never be known. But there is hope because at the end of the book, uh, uh, there is a growing number of people that will r- really, in the future, in fact, I'm thinking to write a second book, a, a sequel to this one. Well finally, well, I don't want to say anything because I'm just in the process of thinking about it, but maybe I will definitely write a sequel. We must have a second a second uh, a second story, uh, but at the moment, of course, I'm still trying to to sell this story to uh, to, to the general public.
0: So the book is a good read. I wouldn't say it's the most sophisticated uh, writing I've ever read, uh, but it's 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 still well thought out. I really like the story, like the concept. Um, it makes you think, and I think that's what's important. And the messages are good. The messages are right, and I think there is definitely something to be concerned about, and something to think about. It is a it's a f- story of fiction, and it was an easy read, and I enjoyed reading it, and so I would recommend it to anybody who's looking for. Uh, Some fiction that is based on naturist values. About a year ago, uh, we had the preview of the movie Act Naturally. And I covered that extensively um, on this show. And uh, we had uh, the uh, director at that time talk about it before we had the preview. The the nude showing at uh, the Fox Theatre in Toronto. And uh, we also had the uh, uh, director and some of the uh, actors also on the show being interviewed after the fact. And uh, I thought I would catch up with uh, the director, JP Riley, and see how things are going. All right. So, you know, it's been about a year since we talked about uh, Act Naturally. Almost, uh, it's getting close to a year since we did the screening in Toronto. So, what's been happening?
6: Um, we have world premiered at our first festival in Chicago last September, um while we were on the Bear with us tour. Um, we were actually driving from Miami to New York when we found out we got accepted to the Chicago United Film Festival. Awesome. and we we had been on tour for so long we almost forgot that we applied before we left l a. Okay. Um, and it was a pleasant surprise when we got to a world premiere at the uh, Music Box theater which was officially our first closed screening. So we weren't so sure how out it was going to go because it would be the first time anyone had been watching a movie with clothes on. <laughs> and to um, much to our surprise, it sold out. Awesome. And that is where we had, after the, uh, after the Chicago screening, we had uh, several offers to distribute the movie, and we decided to pursue a couple of them. And pre screen was the one who, uh, who ended up uh, coming through in the, in the end, everything that we, uh, that we were asking for.
0: So what is pre-screen?
6: Green Screen is a brand new company. Um, they actually haven't even launched yet when they came to see us in Chicago. They are a company that is the um the executive founders of Groupon and one of the senior vice presidents of Facebook, um, the CEO of Netflix and Redbox, and the former ceo of Blockbuster sit on their advisory board. Wow. Um, and so we are going to be among the first movies that are for sale with Facebook integration. So you'll be able to rent the movie by click by. We're two clicks away from being able to rent on Facebook.
0: Very cool. So when is that starting? When, when are people who are listening going to be able to do that?
6: April 27th, this coming Friday.
0: Well, actually, by the time this interview airs, it will be live. So where do they go?
6: They go to prescreen.com and we're going to be the featured movie on the homepage. And if they click like, on our trailer they'll be able to see on Facebook and people will be able to rent it through Facebook right. which is something that Steve Jobs was trying to do and many many companies tried to do and haven't been able to get done um, and we will be among the first movies where you can actually get the movie rented through finding it on Facebook.
0: Oh, that's, that's very cool A lot of power there you might be getting a, a huge amount of the audience there.
6: Which is one of the reasons we decided to move forward with them because we also kind of figured it'd be kind of fitting since Facebook has been the people who keep taking our one sheets offline. We have had lots of trouble with Facebook, and and uh, we give these little messages from the community standards saying that our our one sheet, our poster, is um isn't is acceptable for Facebook standards. And it's and our Facebook one sheet is fine. You can see more, in a Miley Cyrus you know vacation bikini picture, than what you can see on our on our poster. But yeah, we've still had trouble with with um, Facebook in and, uh, and, and telling us that what our, uh, our 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 posters have seen. So we figured it would be kind of fitting that our movie would be the first to be for sale up three
3: <laughs> <laughs>
0: I, You know, I sometimes we, it certainly seems like Facebook is run by the uh, vocal, uh, moral minority.
6: I agree with you 100%. But you no, know, it's a really exciting time. And the movie's only going to be um, $4 to rent. And you'll be able to watch it on any on any um computer or game top box or, or any um any electronic device that's um compatible with your T V set. So yeah, if you have Apple T V or Xbox three sixty or Playstation or any set top box that's um internet compatible, you'll be able to read, you can run it on anything any computer that has an internet connection in the world. But if you have your um your, your computer hooked up to a uh, set top box to so be able to watch it on your TV and it'll stream it in cheap quality.
0: Okay, good. Well, it's so only I, four bucks. I'm watching it because I got the DVD. That's even better.
6: Oh, did you get your DVDs? Yeah. Ah, so, I'm glad to hear that.
0: So, what's, uh, if people want to get a DVD, how do, can they get a DVD?
6: They can go to com for the next week and then for 60 days it'll be exclusively only on pre screen. Um, will be available nowhere else for sixty days except for these few theatrical screenings we have coming up in new york and london and and uh... l a and then once those sixty days are over it'll be available again only probably more so on uh, netflix and the itunes store and um... once once our sixty-day exclusive is up with pre-screen on their home page um, we will be available at some more outlets following those sixty days
0: Good. Including, so of course, be, the, uh, the, the Bear Boutique.
6: Yes, indeed. They will be available at the Bear Boutique.
0: So going, um, going back to last summer, uh, you, you, uh, you know, Bear Oaks and Toronto was one of the first stops. Uh, how did the rest of the summer I believe, go? Yeah, I
6: believe it was the second stop we made we, after, after New York. Oh, yeah. um, the rest of the summer was magical. I mean, that kind of took off from there. We ended up not going home. Until, I believe we were in Bear Oaks in June, and we didn't make it home until almost November. Wow. Um, Because we kept getting more people calling us to screen the movie. I think our last stop on the tour was October 15th in Houston, and then we drove to Austin and did one more screening in Austin. And I believe we got home in late October, early November. So it was a. Uh, we ended up extending the tour by more people just calling us and asking us to come through and and screen it for them. And it ended up paying back, you know, two of our investors. And it got me out of credit card debt. <laughs> nice.
2: Well, yeah, you know, you, so, must,
0: uh, you must be one of the people that have visited the most uh, nature's nudest places in North America. So, what did you learn?
6: Um we learned that our, our audience is amazing. Um, we also learned there's a few places that, you know, promised to have more, more, more guests than they did. But, um, for the most part, um, we learned that our audience is, is about the most, um, supportive audience you'll ever f- hope to find. Um, yeah, I, I don't think too many people can say they've been to 75 nudistries in no. a year.
0: <laughs> in their life, actually- never mind a year.
6: <laughs> we were in, uh, a- we were in we were in New York um, last uh, for New Year's Eve. We did a New Year's Eve screening, and uh, with YNA, and uh, the fire marshal ended up shutting it down because there are too many people. Wow! <laughs> and uh, my my friend Dan went out to sushi with us the next day and says, "You know, I guarantee you there aren't too many people who can say they've been to as many nudist resorts as you have in a year." He goes, "I might if I were you, I would call Guinness to find out if you set some sort of world record." <laughs> if <laughs> you visit the most new district resorts of the year. <laughs> I don't know if we yeah, set a world record or not, but I doubt there are too many people who can say with a straight face they've been to almost 100 of them in a year.
0: Yeah, no kidding. Well, I will definitely be posting. I'll be posting a link on the uh, the show notes, and uh, when it uh, is live, I will be posting it on the Baroque's Facebook page too. So hopefully we can help drive more people to uh, watch the movie, eh?
6: Yeah, well, we're just ecstatic that there's another way to see it besides, you know, on our website and and seeing it through um, our screenings. And, and we've also felt really strongly that we needed to get a cheaper way to see it because not everybody can afford, you know, thirty dollars for a DVD. And and as much as we'd love to charge less for them, that's like you know thirty dollars at that rate is us barely making any money on them. And um, and the overhead for us is so high that we wanted to. We didn't think it's fair that like you know some of our our most loyal fans weren't necessarily some of the richest fans. So we wanted to find that was affordable to get it out to them and we worked really hard with pre screen to, to be able to get that to make that realistic in, in a very short amount of time. So we're really happy that, that we found an agreement that was that's both creatively profitable and profitable for business, which is what pre screen really ended up being. Was something that was both good for business and something that was good for for the movie. We ended up retaining the rights to the movie by going with Pre Screen, but we still own the rights to the film, so we can still take it to other vendors. And we get a fair commission for the role, which we thought was really something that was rare. And they just seemed like a new company that seemed to have a lot on the ball, and they had a lot of good minds working for them. And I think they, the Pre Screen understands that the, the movie industry isn't just as much, you know, it could go as if we don't make changes now, it could go in the same direction as the music industry went, which is things got pretty dark.
0: Well, that's all for this episode of the naturist Living Show. Thank you as always for listening. My name is Stefan Deshain and uh, I was your host for this latest podcast. I'm also the owner of Bear Oaks Family Naturist Park. You can find links to all of the items that I mentioned in the show on our website at b a r e of course, bareoaks.ca. You can also send us a note and keep your suggestions and comments coming. I I appreciate reading every one of them. The show's email address is naturistliving at bareoaks.ca. That's B-A-R-E, bareoaks.ca, because we are in Canada. Join us again in about a month for the next episode of The Naturist Living Show.
1: This episode of The Naturist Living Show was brought to you by Bear Oaks Family Naturist Park, traditional naturist values in a modern setting. Traditional values means that naturism is more than just taking your clothes off. It is a life philosophy with physical, psychological, environmental, social, and moral benefits. Bear Oaks Family Naturist Park strives to promote those naturist values in a modern setting that provides the amenities and services that our members and visitors expect. Free your body, free your mind. Learn more at www.bearoaks.ca.